big plan. I'm all over the big plan. So let's go do that. Welcome to the Dawn of Pod cast with your host, Kilmancha. This is my chronological discussion of DC's new continuity, Dawn of DC. In today's episode, we'll be discussing a storyline that started back in episode 0B. So if you haven't listened to that one, I suggest going back to that, giving that a listen, and coming back to this one. The comic in question is Catwoman Volume 5, number 52. Links will be in the podcast notes. This issue was released on February 21st, 2023. I'm reading the main cover by David Nakayama. It shows Aiko's Catwoman in the air, her whip behind her like a tail, with a hand on her sword and the other claws out. There's multiple lights on her and one is shown to be a helicopter. The background is tall buildings with a lot of red. It looks pretty good. There's action and stakes in the cover image. She's getting away and ready to fight. There's another cover with Selina in her Catwoman costume with her legs around Batman, who's tied up with her whip with several whip marks and a lipstick kiss mark on his face while they're both on a motorcycle. There's another Swaby variant, and I don't hate it given it still doesn't quite feel like the Ico show yet. There's some other good ones, so be sure to check it out in the description. What's your favorite cover for this issue? Let me know in the comment section of the VOD or social media. The story here is called Rise and Revenge Part 2. Executive Editor Marie Javins, Writer Teeny Howard, Penciler and Inker Sammy Basri, Colorist Veronica Gandini, Letterer Lucas Gattani, and Editors Jessica Burby, Jessica Chen, and Ben Abernathy. After the break, we'll summarize the issue. The story begins with a black car coming to a screeching turn. It's Dario driving Ico to a bar. Igo tells Dario how they can't waste Selena's jail time just waiting for her. They need to act. A group called the Gentleman's Club has invited her to their meeting, so it's a great opportunity for Iko to gain intel. The two agree that Iko's working double duty as herself and as Catwoman. She's ordering a drink to get courage. Don't worry, Dario's driving. Swing to the Gotham City Jail where lawyer Fremont is talking to Selina. It's a continuation from last time where we didn't get to see Selina's reaction. Fremont has claimed to know the truth of what happened and Selina told her that she knew what happened that night and that's exactly why she's in jail. Fremont told Selina she's wrong as she's explaining to Selina how it was clear that the explosion is what killed Aaron Helsinger and Valmont the Abigid. We'll just go with Valmont. Selena's starting to remember that night and burst out how Fremont has no idea what happened. Fremont continues how the explosives were set off before Selena even got there, so it's Punchline who's at fault, not Selena. Selena's mind couldn't be changed, so she told Fremont to just not waste her effort on all of this. Now it's Fremont's turn for an outburst, and she tells her how in Gotham the system can't decide right and wrong and all they can do is decide who needs to be locked up and who is free. She wants Alexis K. Punchline locked up and that all Selena needs to do is be good while in jail as she'd been on the streets. Clearly, she doesn't really know Selena all that well. At any rate, their time's up and join Selena at the cafeteria. Everyone's celebrating their feast with Pruno or toilet wine. It's 1.30 p.m. and she asks everyone what that means. Sandra tells her that it means the morning guard duty clocks off at 2 p.m., meaning that the current guards nearing the end of their shift are feeling lazy. I think the idea is that if 
they want to do something, it would be during that time period. In her mind, Selena thinks about how they're listening to her and rather than trying to lead, she's trying to teach them. Selena tells the group that they can't rely on her because she won't be around forever considering her crime. She begins a new lesson, and this lesson is awareness. People that study thieves call it larceny sense, and it's an art. It's to look out for and see opportunities to benefit from. In the process, she gives them three poker chips they are not to lose. We see Selena's words from the lesson while the girls go ahead and try out the skill. Selena told them how there aren't specific rules to be a thief, but there are aspects that you can teach. One is to study the target. What do they have that you can use, but don't take stupid risks? Learn to recognize opportunities. If there isn't one, make one. You can do it solo, but better when you have help. As the more eyes, the better. One of the inmates notices a girl with something in her back pocket, and while the book cart falls, she grabs it. At a table, one girl waves to a girl with a book, while the third trainee grabs the book girl's snack. They report back to Selena, and she asks for the poker chips, which she reveals that she took from them without them realizing. That brings them to lesson two. Keep your eyes on your own stuff. Other people are looking for opportunities just like they are. Fast forward to Sandra getting her meds and she takes a pair of scissors from the pharmacist or maybe it's a nurse while they're on the phone. She passes a corner and hides them in her pants as she hears her name and the guards ask for the weapon while pointing guns at her. This time Selena's past teaching dialogue reveals the lesson is to know when something isn't worth taking. If you take something special, they'll notice it quickly. In that case, run. Running backwards, as funny as it sounds, can be confusing enough for people to feel that since you're facing them, it doesn't look like you're running away. It uh, only works sometimes though. Being convincing is very important. You have to be really good at selling it. Back to the scenario and Selena comes running into Sandra. As they're patting down Sandra, the scissors fall off Selena's pant leg, so she gets put into solitary again. The moment she ran into Sandra, she took them and was able to hide them in her own pants so she could shimmy them down because she tells Sandra it's part of the plan, as Sandra tells her that she could have kept them hidden which I feel like you probably shouldn't say while the guards are still there. So then you know they're like in cahoots or something's going on. If it's just Selena, you throw her into solitary and then you just, you know, you're done. I guess Sandra didn't get the message because the past dialogue says, I'm just getting sent to my office. Duchess jumps out of the vent and she tells her that she works for Duchess. The cat has a note on her. It reads that they aren't sure if it's secure to put a note on a cat. So this one is a test. Nothing too secure should travel by cat, which I think is fair. That person fed her, but also Dario probably did too. They hope Selena's doing well and would do anything for her. Signed B, which makes her tear up. Her note back reads that there are more important things, intel numbers, and things she needs to signal to move assets around under different names. She needs advice and there's no man's opinion. She cares about more than his. As Duchess leaves with a return message, she thinks, thank every god he's still alive to be there for me. I think that's a pretty big relief off her chest since one of the worst parts of the story has been the thought that Batman gave up on her. On top of a morale boost, she also gets intel beyond imagination. As much as I'd love to see a scene with Batman finding Duchess and putting the note on her, we're shifting gears back to Capullo Ristorante. It's the big meeting Aiko and Dario were talking about. Most notably for me is Black Mask being there. Aiko's talking about how much of a menace Catwoman is to their organization. And one of the older members says how it's good to see her and that her father would be proud. 
Black Mask, however, calls this all bullcrap and that she's turned on the Gentleman's Club for the cat before. That's a great argument. In a criminal organization, if you have a history of being unloyal, maybe don't allow them back. Aiko snaps back, saying something about the other members being more mature than thinking of women are kryptonite to this little boys club, and if she's wrong to correct her, none do. I think it's good to point out that her response didn't really address what Black Mask said. Don't get me wrong, Black Mask being sexist wouldn't be new to the character, but that wasn't really the topic at hand, it was loyalty. He laughs it off and says, quote, She's calling your bluff, in case you can't tell. It actually took me a second to figure out who he was talking to, but he was talking to the rest of the members about Aiko. He says she's trying to get us to believe her, but we all know she's going to go back to Catwoman to scratch her behind the ears. You know, because cats. I guess that's sort of clever, but I think like base level clever. So she throws a kunai his way that intentionally misses. Crazy emotional, he says. She tells him it's a gift that belonged to her father. If she betrays him, kill her with it. I fully expect there to be a scene where he's putting a kunai to her neck, but she'll wrestle it off of him and stab him, but I don't expect her to slit his throat. But the movie version of Black Mask only lasted for one movie, so who knows. Outside, Dario is waiting in the car when a man with slick black hair and a ponytail in a suit approaches with a gun drawn. His name is Noah and Dario sneaks out of the car and catches him off guard. Noah accuses him of working with Aiko and thus something's up. But he says he lives in the area, but so that they don't have to have a bunch of discussing, Dario just tases him and tell him it's over, Noah. So I'm guessing they had some sort of relationship, but Noah betrayed him to get in good with Dario's father. I started reading this line of comics on the last issue, so if I'm way off base with their dynamic, just let me know. Oh, but Dario tells the paralyzed Noah that he's mad, so it's war, and says, Amor mio, which I looked up and means my love, so I'm pretty confident on the relationship thing, especially because he kisses him on the forehead, unless that's like an Italian cultural thing that I'm unaware of, which is totally possible because I'm chock full of things that I don't know. Dario adds that they can't have Noah going after them once the taser effects wear off, so I think he suffocates him to at least make him pass out. You know, buy him some time. I don't think he killed him, or else it would have deserved at least one more panel. Anyway, we hear a car coming, and it's Aiko who tells him that he's the one who should be driving. But he tells her he got distracted. While driving, they both start to change into their cat sonas, and they have something of a moment. She asks him if he's okay. He says, yeah, fine, and she says, don't do that again. At least put the care in there first. You know, make sure you're okay emotionally, then, okay, back to business. She tells him that she's not like Selena, so act as Tomcat or not at all, and he should have had his mask on the whole time. He asks where they're going, and turns out they hadn't trusted her enough to give her much to go off of, but will with time. While they're not directly telling stuff to Aiko, as Catwoman, she can see things that they left out. Tomcat starts to say that they'll send what they found out to Selena, and Catwoman notes that yes, They'll relay everything to her, but in the meantime, they're going to stay very, very busy. We get a nice little action pose of both of them jumping off a roof or ledge. That could have been the last panel of a comic, but isn't because we're going back to jail. Selena is dreaming of a nun named Maggie, who she's telling her sins to as she thumbs rosary beads. She's been dreaming of her a lot due to her overwhelming guilt over the events that got her locked up. Duchess comes in with another letter, but it's not exactly the advice that she wanted. Instead, he tells her she doesn't need advice, which is a big thing for Batman to say to someone. He tells her she's better at finding her people than he is. It's what she does best. Now, Selena's in a church, which she'd unlocked to the shock of others. They ask how she got out of solitary, and she tells them she can get out of anything. It's her thing. Turns out she had Batman look up some names for her. Linda asks why in a church specifically, and she asks Linda to tell her why since she can exhale a type of fear toxin after working closely with Scarecrow. Don't worry, she's got a few of those. Tristella Delicas, aka Scorpinia, 
Even without her cybernetic enhancements, is stronger than most people. Lisa Foss, or Vox, who's more stable than she was made to believe, could easily take out guards. Then Sandra Fuller, or Lady Clayface, she says, give me the letter opener. As she punches through her stomach, which is like wet sand and pulls out her fist, now holding a letter opener. Selena asks why any of them are there, since you could probably get out if you really wanted. Hoops tells her it's because there's no better place in Gotham for most of them. Yeah, Gotham kinda sucks. Selena tells Hoops, yes exactly, but we have some time before we have to go back to ourselves, so during the day we'll learn to steal, and at night we'll learn to fight. Instantly, Vox tries to kick her, saying, I know how to fight, which Selena easily dodges. Another part of Batman's message said that people always think of you as a thief, as someone who takes, but she actually gives. Then Selena, who has a rope she's using as a whip, grabs Vox's hand to pull her. She tells her that she has a plan, and if they trust her, she'll tell them. Hoops grabs her from behind and tells them she's not following anyone's orders, and Selena's like, you're right, but you should follow my advice. She elbows her because I can teach you how to avoid this. Batman's letter again, you come to conclusions I couldn't, wouldn't, and are a kind of clever I'm incapable of. The girls start grouping around her and Selena praises them. She avoids Lady Clayface with the letter opener, dodges Lisa's thrown book, and backflips on top of a podium. Batman's letter, because of her kind of cleverness, he thinks Gotham and the world needs her mind. He loves having arguments about moral philosophy with her. They've led to some of the biggest fights and some of the best nights of their life. Sort of a horny comment, but fair. Batman continues that he knows better than to tell her what to do, so he'll remind her that when it comes to criminals, she's truly the world's greatest. Make them look up to you. The last page is Selena on the podium with the rope in motion and her hair cowlicked so that her shadow looks like Catwoman in costume with a whip. The girls are still smiling and training. Next, Catwoman and Tomcat rule the streets. That's where the issue ends. I enjoyed the comic as it showed us the aftermath of Selena getting the other criminals respect and revealed that the girls are more than ordinary criminals so it's starting to feel like she's almost training an army or at least the beginnings of a new villain group. The Echo plot I'm super unfamiliar with and issue 51 didn't give us much to go off of. Seems like Echo really wants to get a lot done with her time as Catwoman and that maybe things will get messy when Selena gets out. I'm not certain Aiko will just stop being Catwoman and they may even have a battle for the title or she'll become another cat-themed villain. A good continuation but doesn't quite feel like it's more Aiko than Selena yet, but again the next issue story name seems like we'll get even more Aiko. Now let's take a look at the official summary to see how well it conveys what happened in the comic. Keep in mind it doesn't have to be word for word or give detail to convey the feeling. DC Incredible. Incredible. Action. Action. Astonishing. Astonishing. Adventure. Adventure. The coolest heroes. Heroes. The bravest heroines. Heroines. And the most outrageous girl. for TV. In the universe. DC Comics. Freedom and love them. Looks like Cat is the new black in Gotham jail as Selina quickly finds herself clawing her way up as the queen cat behind bars by making friends with all the wrong types, which of course are exactly her types. Meanwhile, Aiko Hasegawa continues to prowl the Gotham streets as the Catwoman keeping the mob bosses in check with a little help from Tomcat. The blurb is a cute play on Orange's new black, which fits the jail theme and how the wrong types are her types. Spot on actually. The Echo bit, and actually all of it gives you an idea of the comic. If you wanted to summarize it in two sentences, that's it. Well guys, that's a look at the official summary.
My quote of the week is from Selena herself as she opens her hand and lets three poker chips fall, saying, Lesson two, keep your eyes on your own stuff. Other people are looking for opportunities too. The girls had done exactly as they'd been taught, but somehow didn't realize they'd been had. It might have been obvious for people more acquainted with Catwoman lore, but I'm not, and I was super impressed. Well guys, that's it for Catwoman Volume 5, number 52. Next is 53. Comics really have changed. They used to have ads for toys and video games. This one had ads for other comics, collections, and TV shows. My favorite ad is the two-page spread for Superman number one, featured in our last episode. The art is the same as the front and back cover. The Superman logo is gold in this ad, but in the actual issue is silver. And while I think it has better contrast with the background, the gold actually fits the character so much better. I really enjoyed that issue, and it came out the same day as this one. But if you're not like me and keep up weekly, you might see this ad and go, huh, maybe I'll check that out. What do you think? Did you read the comic? Let's continue the discussion on social media and the YouTube VOD. You can find me at Manjame Thunder on Twitter and at Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to and have nostalgia for the Sony PSP, check out Portable Nut on Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. Manjame out.